0: you hear me hey nathan yeah let me just uh wait for a few minutes so people can come in and then we'll start so, also one of the panelists isn't here yet but, but yeah let's give people some time let's just show up for a
1: bit sounds good to me you then hey. All right.
2: uh, hi hi uh david and uh nathan hi Hey, Debra.
0: Hey, Uh, usually I want to give a few more minutes for people to start showing up, uh, you know, take their time, and then, of course, we'll get started. So I'm just hanging back for a bit. We'll start in a couple of minutes. It can be a lot of fun to talk about DAOs, obviously,
1: but let's give it a couple of minutes. Yeah, that that works for me. And do you usually put on some background music, or is it just...
0: Yeah, so that was happening but as soon as you spoke up it stopped i'm trying to figure out how to turn it back on again uh, all right <laughs> ideas let me know i don't really know how this works um i mean
1: I, I try let's see yeah sometimes i'll have it on a separate device um just to allow a bit more flexibility uh, i mean i could put it on my playlist but
0: i don't know that's going kind to of slow let's see what are we talking about a Spotify playlist, or...? Great. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that's going to work, but uh, it would be fun to try. Um let me just double-check the team, because there's only one listener, and he disappeared. So I'm not sure if the link is working, or some other shit. Yeah, attention time. Okay. I don't know what's going on with the audience, but uh this will be available as a recording regardless, so um uh, people will listen and when, when they feel like it. Yeah, you know, it's on the bench to the recording. I guess we can get started now and then people will come. Um just a quick intro, I'm David from Dexy, and we're gonna be talking DAOs as we always do. Uh I have two list guests with me right now and one more maybe coming kind of in a bit. Um the topic that I just came up with for whimsical reasons is DAO October, to plan the words a little bit. And kind of the subtopic is how can we make DAOs better? How can we support it? Uh, ideally, sooner or later. Uh, I know all of us are passionate about DAOs, and it'll be an interesting uh, kind of brainstorming live session uh, trying to think of what's happening, how can we make it, can make it better? forget any of that i would love for our guests to introduce themselves um nathan since you're here for the first time maybe you start starting deep of course the returning guest we're always happy to see i'm sure she'll be willing and graceful to let you speak first
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna have to stay ladies first my my mum would be up in arms if i didn't say that so (laughs) feel free to go first deep (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh. So. Um. Yeah. been on this uh, panel organized by DEXI before, and it's always fun to be here. Uh. So I got into DAOs in ma in March 2022 with Ukraine DAO. Uh. That unfolded on Twitter. Literally, like every event happened on Twitter when they how they got started, how they started the multisig, and you know, like just. Uh, the whole DAO formation took place on Twitter and that really caught my attention and I started writing about DAOs. So I always had a newsletter where I talked about crypto social impact, but this is for the first time that I thought like, you know, organizations that are going to do good are going to be formed on the internet. They're not going to form the traditional way and I really wanted to study DAOs from that point of view, how the social good organizations will be uh, internet-based. Uh, and so I tracked Ukraine DAO and then I was really curious to learn about who are the others in the space. And then I figured this Gitcoin is, you know, there are a couple of like uh, big ones just within, uh, you know, that have been existing since uh, May 2021. And so we wanted to really study them and understand uh, how they organize themselves, how they function and uh, and just write a book so that newcomers who are coming in the space can learn about, DAOs and how they can uh, collaborate over the internet and get work done and so I started a DAO in June trying to what this was to study DAOs basically I'm like if we're going to study DAOs it's best to live a DAO life and understand what that is so we can ask all the great questions about DAOs and so we uh, I started impact DAOs I put out a call for contributors and 10-12 uh, people showed up on a zoom call we started a discord server And then we just started working and this was all of us dowing for the very first time. We had no idea. And, and, but it gave us a lot of hands-on experience in daoing and that helped us in our research because we spoke to almost 30 dao contributors across 12 daos that we selected that had almost over six months of operating experience at that point of time to... And we could ask great questions because we were going through the same challenges. So that's been my whole DAO story, and I've kind of gained like this, like this sort of uh, really deep understanding in this entire space. And I've been wondering what's the future for DAOs because I feel like the current state is not sustainable. Um, so uh, they will be, uh, they will evolve. So that's what I've been thinking a lot about DAOs these days.
0: yeah same exact thoughts like what is the future how can make more sustainable and we'll talk about that of course um Nathan you want to introduce yourself and then we'll just dive right into it
1: yeah definitely so and super interesting story deeper about how you came to the space um in one of the wildest developments of I would say the whole of the crypto industry both the Ukraine DAO and also Constitution DAO, uh, creating an organization in real time on the internet. Um, and these were quite ephemeral DAOs too. Like they just uh, appeared. Um, there were there was no centralized entity beforehand. Uh, whereas I have a, a bit of a different um, uh, introduction into the DAO space. I actually began as a lawyer about 5 years ago in in the space i was working on on a digital identity startup and providing no legal advice and i eventually was doing this contract where we were looking at the governance of how our data would be on a shared database and the lawyer who was creating this was explaining to me how this is basically a DAO setup because all of the different digital identity companies that are providing data to this would be sub DAOs. And it really intrigued me about how this new setup would work and obviously the legal issues behind it. So I started diving in, and the first DAO that I was in was MakerDAO. Uh, it was amazing how you can see all of the. um, meetings that the dow would have it would be on a google calendar and for me this was mind-blowing how um it, it was as if facebook's internal team would give all of their google meet calendars for anyone to join and anyone can pop in and provide advice and eventually i i did move towards um uh, becoming head of legal for a legal and governance consultancy focused on dow's for a year and a bit before i moved to becoming the head of decentralization at that radar and as i was saying it's i was not only was i fascinated um about how uh, the, the legal issues around DAOs, but also how DAOs develop um depending on what stage they start obviously a lot of the DAOs that i mentioned before such as deeper they started purely on the social media platforms um and it was just cognitive um decentralized mind space for these ideas to culminate together and these organizations uh, came from there. But what we're doing at DAP Radar, we've been an organization that's been working for the past four years, right? Um, and we're just decentralizing now. So it, there's very different challenges that uh, a DAO, that's been an organization that's been centralized for a certain period of time has, decentralizing compared to uh, organization that begins from day one decentralized so I think obviously in these discussions that we're having especially as we're looking to see how centralized entities can become more decentralized understanding the different starting points of these organizations is going to be an important um, aspect for us to consider Um, and yeah so Hopefully, I uh, introduce myself a little bit uh, whilst also giving a bit of context to, to what I do, too. Uh,
0: yeah, just from the intro, I have a few titularies or directions on Explore. Um, let's start with, since you guys are both involved in one way or another with Ukraine down, I was too, actually, uh, for a bit. Uh, let's talk about, and of course, people with Impact DAOs, so and we, we share the passion for public goods and DAOs you know, that are actually making a difference. Um with there's there's an article that I just read recently that says basically it's the researchers from I think University of Austin and and one of the university are uh, saying that basically DAOs are great until the investors show up, until the speculators show up, right? So uh the solution so to speak is to just keep DAOs small, keep it only the people who want to be in it and we have another group that agrees with this and just take out the money, take out the speculation, it's going to work. But if it's a doubt that, well, first of all, do you agree? But also I can see from deepest 100 thicker sticker that she does. But um, if we agree on this, then how do you keep them sustainable? Uh, how do you get a lot of buy-in? So is it possible to, get a whole community uh, involved in the DAO and make it work just based on impact alone for a long period of time? Or is it better to just keep DAOs small and just create a lot of different DAOs for very small things and to just keep them small uh, for the ease of of them being actually effective and uh, sustainable? Something like that.
2: Yeah, I I can go first on this. So I recently wrote my thesis about the future of DAOs and being small is, part of it. Like after studying, uh, we had in our study um, at least four DAOs that had 20,000 uh, token holders, and they were all in a bad, really bad stage in terms of when it comes to governance. And one broke down, in fact, Proof of Humanity, which is Vitalik Buterin's favorite project, uh, that also had a UBI component on it. They had an ugly fight, uh, and uh, essentially everybody who got a UBI token also got a governance uh, a rights over the DAO, and uh, and now suddenly twenty thousand people were invited to vote on decisions like what features to add to the protocol and stuff like that, whether they had expertise or not in that in that matter, and so a lot of DAOs, because they've a- embraced this model of attaching governance rights to tokens have put themselves in a mess It because they just attract the wrong kind of people. Like these are the people, you don't want them to be decentralizing with essentially, right? Because they're there to, uh, to basically speculate. They're there to, you know, get this token and hope that in five days they can sell it off or just the very fact that the, you can transfer governance rights. You know, like, I, I mean, it's, it should have never been like that, but I don't know who came up with this idea of, Let's crowdsource funds and also attach governance rights. Right, like uh, on Kickstarter too, like creators uh, are crowdfunding, but they don't give governance rights to every person who contributes to their project. I mean, they know what is going to happen. Like, if too many people are now involved in the design process of the, of of the uh, of the product, it won't be successful. So, uh, I totally believe in DAOs being small, and I think as a small startup ish coming on online because as I said, like internet is the most natural place to start an organization because everybody is living on the internet these days and you meet people on the internet and you it's so easy to start. You can just start a Discord server. It's easy to open a bank account. I mean bank like multi-sig on which is equivalent to a bank account on the blockchain. Like if you, you know, if you're dealing in crypto. Even if not, like you can use decentralized applications to be more transparent and build in public. So as I feel like the first phase was a different phase, but I think in the future there will be tons of uh, startup type DAOs that are coming, you know, that are forming and are doing stuff and are launching launching project uh, products and are taking uh, pre-orders rather than uh, then throwing tokens and invite, uh, attaching governance rights to it, and maybe then slowly decentralizing with the users who actually add value to the to the to the project rather than with random strangers on the internet.
0: So one of the follow-up questions to that is, do you think governance should be soul bound, whether tokens are in the teaser and so on way?
2: Yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent advocate of governance being soul bound, you know. Uh, it can have a decay angle in the sense that if uh, you, uh, yeah, it could be a time-based, right? If you know a contributor has, uh, like contributed from a certain period to a certain period you can issue a soul bond token that certifies that so you it's sold bond in terms of recording their contribution and giving them a temporary governance rights while they were there but I think that framework needs to be thought about but yes governance should be sold bound given to people who add real value to the project
0: it's funny you know just thinking about the time part as well uh, as we we're talking what if just spitballing what if there's some sort of a system where uh, the longer you contribute, the more you contribute, the higher your let's say voting power multiplier is, right? The the bigger yeah. weight your vote gets and bigger rewards you get, right? Exactly. But the second part, yeah. But the second part of that would be if you transfer your tokens, if you sell and whatever, then that resets to zero, right? Or whatever close to zero, and then the next person has to build that up again. So there's a disincentive to sought to buy voting power right like you want to buy tokens sure you want to sell tokens sure you get the token but the voting power that accumulated this kind of reputation that stays or either stays with the person they had in the first place kind of sold bad reputation or just you know gets reset to zero and something that anyway just totally made this up
2: yeah we need to think through about a lot of things around sold one token related governance yeah but as you contribute more your weightage goes up like uh uh, voting is goes up. I think that makes total sense. And and I feel like it'll be just more sane, you know, <laughs> like uh, just decentralizing with people who are actually bringing value to the project, right? Like uh, the closest to the problem, they know uh, what decisions to take. You don't have to go through this circus, you know, <laughs> every time on voting on stuff and inviting people who, are, who don't even have the context, why are they voting? You know, so I think... Uh, it's uh, it's been a great experiment so far, but future DAOs would be different.
1: Yeah, I I agree with a lot and disagree with a bit. And I guess the area that I disagree with, I like, actually starts from the definition of DAOs, um, because like the very first like prototype dial dials that we had right was was bitcoin like that was the first decentralized autonomous organization where people didn't vote with tokens per se they voted with their computer processing power and if you agreed with what the network was pushing through then you would download the new client the governance was all open source like you could see everything on um, github and the the payment for being involved in a DAO was obviously mining fees right so you provide your work which is like the computer processing power and you get paid through Bitcoin. and having this um, cryptographic economic incentive was necessary to bootstrap the operation and and build it up and we're always going to need a level of economic incentivization for any sort of organization to scale, right? So in traditional companies, that <laughs> that mining fee, that uh, economic incentivization is <laughs> your employee contract and you get paid every single month. And for DAOs that are getting involved in building usually an internet native um, uh, service or product, they use the tokens mm-hmm as a way of creating sustainable incentives for the users to be involved in using the product, governing the product, and also operating too, because often the users get tokens, people who govern and stay, they get tokens, people who operate and build get tokens too. And so there's, we're humans, we, we want to feel validated, And obviously, community is a big validator as well. But if you're getting an economic incentive, that really helps to drive things forward. And um, it's going to be very difficult for DAOs to scale without it, in in my humble opinion. Um, So I don't think we're ever going to get rid of that economic incentive um, to scale in DAOs. Um, I just think we're going to have more modularity. And modularity comes both on the incentive layer and the governing layer, and then also on the operational layer. So on the operational layer, I think we're going to have more locality where the operations doesn't happen with all of the token holders, right? So you can distribute all of your tokens to anyone on the internet. But that doesn't mean that everyone's going to be involved in the operations. You're usually going to have a core team, core development team, who may or may not even be token holders but who are paid from the funds raised by distributing those tokens by selling those tokens initially and what that does is that allows you to have this dual layer of meta governance where the token holders are governing the people who are operating and building the the dao and the dao's mission and then you have this local operating core developers who are the ones doing the day-to-day operations and they are obviously um accountable to the token holders in general and by having this dual model of meta governance of token holders and then operational governance of operators who are doing the day-to-day you get this really nice balance of efficient um operations happening when all the token holders are involved in the operations and you get that accountability and transparency where the token um the token holders request updates from the operators on a monthly on a quarterly on a biannual basis to ensure there's this balance right um and there's these checks and balances to ensure that the operators are using the money wisely and then finally on the modularity on the, the governance side is very similar to what Ibo was was talking about where obviously there is definitely a sustainability issue with this incentive model sometimes and we definitely need to see how we balance this one token one vote model to make sure that it's not just plutocratic right we increase a little bit more meritocracy where it's not just the person who holds the most tokens gets to decide the decisions, and that's by having maybe dual systems similar to what we see in optimism Where you have some of the decisions which are done in a plutocratic way by the token holders, um, one token, one vote. But you also have certain decisions which are done by um, KYC or people holding SBT tokens or people who have earned a level of um, status um, in in the DAO through the work they've done. And by doing that level of modularity on the governance level as well. It helps dilute some of the unsustainable and obviously i would even call it immoral um uh, features of of DAOs where it focuses only on people that have money that are able to govern uh, while still allowing that economic incentive for people to even invest in the first place in in buying the tokens and i think we're going to see this level modularity. um um in governance more and more moving forward uh, there really aren't too many tools that make it easy to do um which is why we're not seeing it being done right now but there are a few players out there that are developing some of these tools like nomads um who are creating the ability for you to create tasks and develop svt tokens over time basically like sweat equity and um once we see more of these becoming more mainstream i think we're going to get a really nice balance of um uh economic incentives to to govern and gain governance power and then also incentives to gain governance power through sweat and work as well and that's that's that sweet spot that i think that we're really really looking and slowing moving to
2: I think, uh, so I just wanted to add to that, like uh, it seems like uh, from, so it's not decentralization the way it is decentralization today. Like a lot of uh, them just had all the token holders invited on everything. But most of the DAOs, especially the ones that ship products have realized that it's not the best thing to do. And so the core has separated from the community. So there's like literally the core is centralized. Like you build the product and uh, you guys uh, are the best judge in terms of what is to be done is not to be done and the community is basically given a kind of a little budget to handle so it's, you know, like, uh, you know, like uh, make grants or do something like that like I feel like uh, sometimes that just adds uh, like a very trickle way of uh, keeping the decentralization thing on, you know, so that's my only thought on that.
1: Could you expand a little bit on on why that's theatrical?
2: It is because you 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 have these because you you attached your governance to your to anybody who's holding the token, so you n- need to have that you know be decentralizing with them in some form of governance, and so so. It could be like, here's he a budget, you manage this, maybe allocate it towards create some marketing campaigns or something like that. You know, something that's, so the way it's, it's theatrical is in the sense that as, you know, somebody who's running uh, the project, like, you know, the, you have this core team and uh, let's just, the core team is pretty centralized. Let's just do this and let's keep moving forward, you know. So what I mean to say is that is, you know, when you say decentralized autonomous organizations, you you know you mean like decentralizing with with people to whom you committed to decentralize with in terms of governance you know that's what i meant
1: yeah that's the i i think decentralized governance happens like the the definition of decentralized governance is basically you claim that um components or areas of competency are decentralized when they're not so it's it's an act of deceit where um you claim something and then you do the other thing um and that theatric is is where is is that level of deceit and i think what most daos as you're saying as they as they realize that um we can't decentralize um, everything <laughs> and there needs to be certain levels of centralization so we can actually get shit done. Um they they are making clear or they're making it more transparent which areas are decentralized and which ones aren't. Um so that they remove this decentralization theater. And I think we're seeing this a li- little bit more clearly with some DAOs that have failed as as you said to remove decentralization theater. We're seeing it for example with Uniswap where um it's very unclear what areas of competency are held by uniswap labs and which areas of competency are held by the dao and one clear example i can give so many clear examples of this but one clear example that happened uh, more recently is you've got this um uh you've got this proposal that happened literally this week of a company that wanted to create a Uniswap branded card right a Uniswap branded Visa card and to do that they wanted to leverage the Uniswap IP to do so and they asked the DAO whether or not this was a good idea well if you actually understood the competencies that were provided to the DAO and the competencies that are provided to the labs you would know that the ip is actually held with the labs and not with the DAO. so by understanding this if they actually wanted to use the uniswap um, ip they would actually have to go to the labs and i think in these situations where people don't have an understanding of attribution of ip um, attribution of revenues and maybe more the legal side of things they get super confused when they're saying when the DAO when they're saying that the DAO doesn't have a competency of a certain area, and this becomes even worse because a lot of DAOs aren't fully decentralized yet, right? They are progressively decentralizing, so it's even harder to keep the community up to date what is under the competency of the DAO and what is under the competency of the initial founding team or the initial founding development team, and I think that's where. The decentralisation theatre, the um, word gets thrown even more because that transparency isn't there, and we need to have more of this transparency, more of this clarity about what is the DAO's competency, what is the development company's competency, and what is the roadmap to allow the DAO to have full competency or sufficient competency over majority of the decisions, majority of the revenues, majority of the IP compared to the development company holding that, which is currently the case with Uniswap, really interesting case, by the way, if you want to dive into that.
0: That raises an interesting question. Uh, so personally, and I think in general, in Dexy, we are a huge fans of meritocracy, right? And that's all about competency and so just to, to give out our approach and then let's talk about the other approaches out there, our approach is to have uh, the DAOs themselves sort uh, cert- certify uh, by voting experts, uh, you know, as sub-DAOs or as individuals so that they can make those kind of calls on competence, right? So they can uh, make proposals, they can vote, they can recommend, they can do all those kind of things. Uh, and it to me, it just makes sense that there's a legal expert or a legal expert DAO that could say, hey, you guys are asking for something that not really within the realm of things they can even decide on, and we know this because we're legal experts and you approved that Supreme legal experts, right? So, um, any other ways you could think of this, or you know, what do you think of this in, the in general? And just the idea of, I mean, let's be realistic, right? Full democracy doesn't scale, realistically, right? Uh, direct one vote, more uh, one token, one vote democracy, as far as I know, uh, um, you know live in the U.S. for a long time, growing up in the States. Um, we have representatives. Not that they work that well either, but, you know. Um, so, you know, you do get representatives. You have, like, working groups. that can make it out, etc. You have some DAOs. And it makes sense that once approved by the DAO process, whether it's all DAO voting or various sub-DAOs voting for it, it, then the team or an individual charged with or taken on the task of doing something specific and working that on their own, you know, in their own centralized way because it has been approved by that. Um, one of the ways, again, to make that happen is to have these kind of experts who know their domain kind of propose and what that. Any other ways you can think of, any any ways this idea is terrible or great, or whatever, you know, leaving it up to you guys now.
2: You know, Vitalik had written a uh, paper where he talked about how um, DAOs are different from traditional organizations, and he talked about different ways of decentralizing. Like governance is one. Obviously, you uh, you can um, you know share governance with token holders, but also he talked about Ukraine DAO. So Ukraine DAO, I know uh, they've been operating as a DAO for almost over a year. They're fundraising pad. Uh, you know, they initially fundraised, but they continue to exist and. Uh, be a force, you know, uniting the Ukrainians who've been displaced. So they do tons of tourist spaces and they have uh, they fight misinformation and stuff like that. So they continue to exist and they have pods. And so he gave the example of Ukraine DAO in, uh, in that article where he talked about how there's a co-team. And Ukraine now was part of our study as well. So we studied the organization structure as well. And there are these different pods that are there that work uh, pretty autonomously you know and um and so the core provides just the guidelines or you know what needs to be done but then these pods are pretty much autonomous and i feel like that model of decentralization is great like uh you know we're talking about decentralized movements not just organizations like how do you how how do you decentralize a movement right like it can apply to especially when it comes to uh, you know for social good stuff so it you could you know like um it's, it's a great model for that because every city, every place can have an autonomous pod and they could just roll up, you know, like the roll ups we have today, Optimism rolling up to Ethereum. You know, there's a core who just provides kind of like an overall, uh, what's the mission, like just the alignment, the core states, the mission, the vision and the practices that all these others can align to these autonomous pods, but they are... Autonomous in terms of just decentralized fundraising as well, not dependent on the core. Because the moment you start getting dependent on the core for funds and stuff, then I think it loses the uh, the decentralization spirit, right? So, um, I mean, this is how you scale on the on the internet. Like you can have uh, shared values, but you can be pretty autonomous uh, and growing as a movement around those values. So there are different ways to decentralize. You don't have to have big governance. Uh, all like twenty thousand people involved in voting and stuff like that. You can be small and still be big.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And like basically, what you're describing is actually the EU, <laughs> the European Union, and it's a federal state. Um, that's the way uh ukraine DAO works where it has like the the main um the main core at the top and then obviously if you want to create this charter or chapters you can become a member state of the ukraine DAO it's super cool i i really really like it and the federal um the federal uh, governance model is what a lot of DAOs are starting to to move towards DYDX is doing the same, where they have all these sub DAOs for each of the departments, and all these sub DAOs have their own operating system as well. They have their own wallets. Um, they have their own mandates for all the people involved inside their sub too. But then they always align with the, the the core, which is obviously the token holders and the main governing body of the DAO. So you still have this beautiful level of getting all of the efficiency all of the benefits of centralization within these sub DAOs, and then have the on operational level and then on the governance level you have this meta governance where you're still able to get this wide level of um, consensus making among the token holders i mean the question was really focused on how to scale governance because like as someone who's been involved in decentralizing organizations like from the get-go like even getting the people who are operating who are building the DAO to vote on every single task is a lot of work a lot of these people are really focused on their day-to-day jobs and they don't have time even though they're connected to understand the ins and outs of every single governance proposal that's made some of these governance proposals are what like three plus pages long um sometimes i question whether i would even read it if i wasn't obsessed about DAOs myself um so finding people who are super interested in DAOs um or incentivized enough to do it is really really difficult you've got this obviously like intrinsic motivation or from people like me who are just nerds um but then you sometimes need extrinsic motivation as well which is that monetary incentive and i think a lot of DAOs are starting to move towards this model in order to scale up their governance moving forward and we're already seeing this with Arbitrum, where the um where they at the beginning once you claimed your airdrop you had to delegate it (laughs) they 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 basically said look we want to make sure we have high quality governance engagement the main people who are going to be deciding on matters are going to be delegates and we're seeing that this has benefits and also costs obviously the benefits are higher quality engagement you have um higher quality um uh commentary on 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 proposals and the delegates themselves are becoming a lot more transparent with all, all of the activities they're doing we see this in objom uniswap where delegates specifically explain their decision making process this is great for DAOs who want to decentralize and make sure that the people that have dedicated their tokens understand why delegates have made a decision now let's talk about some of the bad things about delegates one of them is definitely this level of uh let me not call it bribery but you have to be sided with a certain delegate if you want certain things to push over the line. And we get this in normal politics anyway, where you have what's called lobbying, where certain politicians, basically delegates, are paid or or given perks to be able to push through certain, um, yeah, certain uh, proposals. And uh, we definitely see this potentially happening in web 3 hasn't there hasn't been a big delegate scandal yet and i think the transparency of web 3 will act as a check and balance for that but it's a risk that we have to be aware of because to quote spider-man with great power comes great responsibility and these delegates definitely can sway proposals in the favor of a service provider who would be able to potentially get a lot of money for doing activities for a DAO which might not necessarily be aligned with the ethos or the values or that,
0: that. Yeah, well, that's the principal Asian problem. And also, I mean, let, let's be honest, uh, all the lobbying and stuff is just legalized corruption, which is fine. I mean, that's how uh, most countries work these days and it's better than under the table kind, but I would that in the DAO world, everything being transparent on the blockchain, once we actually can get it all, you know, on the blockchain cheaply and effectively. but, know, yeah. but the it.
2: influence cannot be kept on the blockchain because these are all things that happen off, right? Like, you know, you can uh, you can be friends with the delegate or you can, you know, all this kind of, uh, I mean, we see all this in our bureaucracies to right, misallocation of funds or giving favors and stuff like that. And I feel like we have to do all of this unnecessary dance just because we need to keep our token holders <laughs> happy because we said we are a decentralized organization and we've given them. Now, Yeah, I feel like this is so much of, you know, the problems that exist in our democracies. We are just repeating those problems. I mean, I just feel we need to reimagine this whole doubt thing. Like, are we, are we going to do what our governments do and operate our organizations in a similar fashion? Like, or should we think of a better way to decentralize, you know, and who to decentralize with, you know, so we don't have to do this unnecessary dance and drama. So, um, I I just feel like there will be, because it's easy to raise funds and uh, and I don't know why people want to buy governance rights, because it, to be honest, they just want the token to go up, right? So, why should governance be attached to token in the first place? I think one needs to think that through. But um, I feel in the future we need to reimagine a lot of it because we don't want to recreate governments as organizations. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you just create the same thing over and over again, just with different looking, you know, interface, it's still the same kind of shit with different color paint, right? Uh, there's no point in doing that. Uh, by the way, Naomi, I see you. Well, welcome, Naomi is also a speaker, a previous speaker of ours. Um, Join in if you like let's let's do it right now actually let's let's play around but let's reimagine governance you know maybe we'll come up with something brilliant maybe not but let's just kick it around a bit um the only thing i can think of just top of my head is to make uh, the reputational part very important so that delegates would value their reputation more than whatever side deals they can get maybe that's naive of me i don't know but you know on-chain, very transparent reputation um, that not only everyone can see, but that maybe uh, specific experts or watchdogs or fact-checkers or whatever they're certified by DAOs to do that can uh, can do and, and really keep tabs on who's doing what they're saying they're doing, who's being honest and that kind of like fact-checking type stuff. Uh, again, just spitballing. I don't even know how much that's possible, but certainly interesting idea of how do we keep basically politicians honest in in the web 3 world at least we already kind of failed to do it in the web 2 world
1: right yeah i think it's super interesting that you said how do we keep politicians honest in a web 3 world i think a lot of people don't understand that DAOs are a very strange hybrid of corporations and uh constitutional bodies you know they're they're both startups and both <laughs> senates at the same time and uh, because they're such a hybrid of, of too often competing um, um ideals right corporations are very profit-seeking and then Governments are supposed to be very public goods seeking. Um, we sometimes see a clash of 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 direction and usually money talks. So it goes in the direction of, of profit seeking. Um and understanding how we can reimagine this uh moving forward co- involves us reimagining how human beings just generally operate. Um where in a industry where um, some of the biggest accounts and most attention goes to the ones that are talking about like money, right? Um, big fucking numbers, like people are always looking and are economically incentivized. How do we change the operating system of individuals where they can still be able to um, create? Like sustainable living and and wealth for themselves whilst also creating public goods i think that's one of the starting points that i would look at as well like just if we're doing this sort experiment um to provide a bit of context about how we can think about DAOs moving forward and yeah you can bounce off that deeper and then i'll follow up later
2: i mean how do i I just feel the current model is broken. Uh, I know that we want to crowdfund and we want to be able to raise funds to seed our project or build our project out. But, uh, I mean, I, I, one could do that without inviting speculators, you know, uh, or just giving governance to people who are just there to themselves, just make money off that. Right. So, And I know uh, you talked about Arbitrum just asking people to delegate their voting rights at the very start, you know, like, just do it because (laughs) we know you're not going to participate. I mean, that's the fact. Like, they're not there to participate, to govern. So why, I don't know, how we got started with that, that's my thing. And so reimagining would be like, there will be DAOs that will be formed outside cryptocurrency projects. Like, right now, we are only imagining DAOs within Web3. And just the whole very on-chain narrative, like you need to be on-chain from day one, all that. Like imagine how, how, just for people within Web3, Web3 is so hard to use, right? Like sometimes you got to bridge this, that, whatever, like open this. Like How do we expect DAOs to ever go mainstream if we are just going to be, you know, um, because they are supposed to be organizations of tomorrow, right? People will start these organizations on the on the internet. They are internet native. They use blockchain for transparency and uh, blockchain for holding their their money. Of or, or, or blockchain as a ledger of contribution, like uh, whatever it is, you know, your badges that you earn. Like I've contributed here, I've uh, contributed code, and so, it's, uh, you know, it's not uh, it's not just on GitHub, but it's my reputation on the blockchain that I can carry with me wherever, you know. So it's more portable so i think we need to really reimagine like are we just talking about daos within the cryptocurrency space or are we talking about daos as as the default way of operating on the internet and then and then reimagine from that because it, there'll be daos formed around so many different things right you know just builders or uh, you know coming together to build something or uh, LLM people, you know, uh, the people fine-tuning LLM models, you know, like uh, it's it's great because you can uh, then uh, you know uh, crowdsource data, crowdsource knowledge, um, provide human feedback, improve the the model. So we need to really rethink DAOs outside. The crypto space. Right now, we are very stuck within the crypto space and we are trying to fix the DAO problems within that space. We're trying to fix a model that was broken from the very beginning and see how to make that work. I think we need to, um, yeah, think differently. Just go beyond what we know about DAOs today and just think outside that.
1: Can I can I ask you a quick question, diba? Like, What is the DAO that you actually like in the space right now?
2: And uh, I'm looking for examples. Actually, uh, the one DAO that I really like is uh, Super Team DAO. Uh, it started in India, and it has no treasury, no token. They believe in minimum sufficient decentralization. They understand that communities don't scale, so they've capped their membership at 150, and it's completely merit-based. Like you need to, for uh, you know, you need to show the work like you can they invite lurkers in their discord so they are very welcoming to anybody coming and joining and they put out you know there are grants available you can take up uh, bounties but to get admission into the Tao which is only capped at 150 members you need to have proof of work you need to have completed cert- your you own experience points basically and once you have enough experience points you are invited into the DAO at the same time because they want to cap the membership at 150 they also purge members so every month they have a purge party literally the ones who drop below a certain experience points um, have to uh, leave the DAO uh, and move back to the lurker stage and uh, you know go through the process again and uh, and now they're opening all over the world like they're opening uh, a super team DAO in uh, Middle East in UK in Germany like the same model, and one day they're going to have like a global leaderboard, you know. So it's, and tons of young kids, like 15, 16 year sixteen-year-old, they're coming there, they're learning about Web three and stuff like that. They're really like that's the the average age of uh, the contributors there or the members. So that's one of my favorite DAOs at the moment. Uh, I feel all the a uh, lot of impact DAOs that we studied, uh, yeah, they're my favorite too. Like uh, also climate DAO, uh, they're trying to disrupt uh, Greenpeace region. Uh, Regions unite. They're like a micro DAO. You know, they're starting like these uh, local um, uh, gatherings all around the world. Uh, but again, there's a core team that provides the 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 values, and uh, there's a handbook that anybody can use to organize these region events. They're highly curated, very thoughtfully organized events. And uh, and they, they, they've done and this this spreading like wildfire because uh, it's again it's a decentralized movement uh or uh, you know scaling horizontally but again decentralized because each of those gatherings that happen in different cities are are local autonomous they have to manage their own multi they, they it's not that they have to depend on the core for money you've got to be entrepreneurial and raise money for your own event but yeah this is the handbook this is how you've got to conduct this is all, all our marketing and some some bit of a shared infrastructure that we can provide but this is it, you know. So And they operate as a micro-team, you know, like really, really small. Uh, the regions Unite core team and supporting like a, a decentralized uh, movement. So, yeah, these are a couple of my favorite ones at the moment.
1: Are there any protocol DAOs that you like?
2: Protocol DAOs, none, because I feel like it's so much of... I mean, I I actually... I am always... Uh, learning about them like at a very uh, top level like I'm not obviously so into it the way you are like uh, really going through the proposal and stuff but I just feel the portal is broken and I, I I mean this is not how it's I mean look at NFT DAOs also for that you know like um, they're kind of dissimilar right like uh, anybody who holds the can buy the NFT is part of the DAO and then you make decisions um you know you invite people who are not actively participating to make decisions so you end up making low context decisions or or the ones just the ones who are actively involved actually end up making all the decisions and then you have this uh treasury that you need to govern and direct funds and so there's so much a misallocation of funds too right so yeah so that's the current problem with dals and i know we're all trying to fix that like uh but even with now LLMs we haven't talked about that but they can like summarize all these proposals and just condense it in two or three points and even be able to direct people like I think they can help us achieve decentralized governance you know without them there is no decentralized governance because if we all have our own personal LLM and we talk to it and tell them what kind of proposals we want to vote on or help you summarize this proposal like they can be our assistant and then we can all actively participate in democracy because uh, they will really, really, uh, if we want to actively participate in democracy, they will make it very easy for us. So I feel uh, the game will change with LLMs too. A lot of uh, DAOs will start using them. Uh, um, you know, a uh, lot of people will start using them. They'll be able to give them, uh, you know, AI will be able to assist in terms of uh, which projects to work on or they can also be their delegates in the future. You know, you can just delegate in AI world on your behalf so future is going to be different
1: <laughs> i'm so happy to ask you that question because i think it it's clear that there's a big difference in, in the way that people see um dows that really focus on movements and education and really like tangible open source public goods and then DAOs that focus more on public goods, on the technology level, on the software level. Um, where it's very hard to scale a technology, um, organization in comparison to scaling like an educational or community based organization. And I think that's one of the things we're going to have to really look into, like understanding the differences of DAOs and the fact that different DAOs are going to need different models to succeed and one. DAOs or organizations view of decentralization is definitely going to be different compared to another's and we need to um have that level of context to understand that otherwise uh we'll put them all in the same box and they're they're not they're definitely not the same um i would definitely i i really really i'll, I'll do the same on my side so i'm going to look at some impact DAOs because <laughs> i only know um gitcoin um really and ukraine dow Um, But I'm going to promise to look at some impact DAOs, I'll definitely say look at a little bit deeper into Optimism DAO, a little bit into Arbitrum DAO, a bit into DYDX, because I do think that they are starting to make some really strong strides forward in solving some of these issues that you mentioned in governance, whether it comes to disengagement. Um, through the implementation of delegation systems to ensure that the delega- delegators are super incentivized. Um, decentralized, uh, decentralization theater, they're looking at dealing with this, with more um, transparency. I can even share some of their transparency uh, reports with you, which helps to explain the the legal and IP rights that the, the DAO has compared to the companies that, that have them. And also some changes on the legal side. So for example, with DYDX, even the software development company, it changed its charters. So it's legal documents so that it would um, be in line with creating public goods. Like that's their charter. It's no longer the interests of the shareholders. It's the interests of creating public goods. So I definitely think that not all DAOs have caught up to this level, but there are DAOs that are creating a lot of strong standards that will be used throughout the industry to express how DAOs are decentralized um, and are autonomous. Um. In fact, we're going to start seeing a lot more decentralization reports. You can even see it one from lido They've got a, a report which, which explains which areas are decentralized in Lido and which ones aren't. So they're very um self-reflective as well in their transparency too um but yeah i am i'm i'm definitely bullish on DAOs. i definitely think they are the future of the internet i definitely think they there's going to be different shades colors and flavors of DAOs, and they're all going to have their own operating systems um and uh, i think by understanding the good standards that are being pushed forward and really championing these and uh, highlighting the ones that aren't doing so bad as well. We're going to have a nice balanced view and make sure that we're heading in the right direction. You two have such great
0: flow. I just, I don't remember any line that I could just sit back so much and
1: just listen. Uh, <laughs> I have doesn't mean to come back in, but since there's a pause um yeah and I, I didn't even get to pick up on the ai point that Deepa made it, it. Not, not, not <laughs> like i think i think this is as Deepa said one of the the saving graces of, of decentralization and DAOs. um and in fact some DAOs have already put it inside their end game that they're going to implement um LM, llms into their governing. um Operating systems moving forward because, well, I mean, you already said it yourself. Uh, AI allows us to compress information and distill it from those three, four, five pages to three, four, five points. It makes uh, uh, it more accessible. For example, you can get easily translated governance documents from one language to another, which makes it so that it's more of a global level of governance rather than it being so western and english centric um so it just opens up uh, it creates it allows more permissionlessness and accessibility for DAOs to accept more people to be involved um and lowers the barrier of entry um for people to get involved as well so i think that's going to be super bullish for DAOs, especially with DAOs that have been running for years there's so much I remember when i first came into bitcoin like the history of bitcoin with for example the block wars um and and the, and segway and all of these different changes that you had to understand to really know why bitcoin is where it is and why all the folks happened if there was an ai that could just compress all of that information and then turn it into a, a podcast i could listen to for an hour that would have been that would have saved me hours days of my life <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, they could be—they could be like a model just fine-tuned on all the Bitcoin knowledge that you can just chat and have a dialogue with and understand everything, and also stay like explain to me. I'm like five-year-old, you know. Like uh, I think it will make uh, understanding different things so much easier. Yeah, AI is uh, definitely going to uh, change the game. Like um, it'll make governance—it'll make it possible for everybody to govern if they if they're really interested in exercising. (laughs)
1: You'll need like a, explain it to me, like I'm five and then explain it to me like I'm Satoshi. (laughs) Yeah, for me, SatoshiPT
0: and LITPT and all those other, right. Uh, I want to take it a bit further. I totally agree with all of this. Uh, but I wouldn't say not only translate it to the languages as far as, you know, like national and ethnic languages, but think about all the different communication styles, right? Uh, You could literally, I think, with with the AI, and I'm a copywriter, right? So I know a tiny bit about it. I'm also probably going to be replaced by AI in like five minutes. But um, while I'm still here, um, you know, engineers, for example, have their own language, right? They they want facts. They want data. They want very kind of logical, clear. How does this work and why? Um, Versus, you know, maybe again, marketing people, artists, want to understand emotionally what's going on. and What's the purpose of it all? And for centuries, millennia, even these kind of different mind people had very hard time communicating. Um, it's part of why I have a job. But still, like this AI can help, it, right? And also between different teams, maybe again, can understand what the product team wants and what the design team wants and what the biz dev team wants, etc. Uh, and also like what the investors want, what the um, speculators want, what the builders want, etc. So there could be kind of a babble fish uh, of translation into, from kind of a mind to mind translation, if it makes sense. You know, not reading our thoughts, but kind of reading our thoughts, understanding what, what we're trying to say behind what we're saying. And I know that we're going to sci-fi here, but you know, we've been pretty surprised by AI so far, so I see it as possible.
1: That would be hilarious like if everyone's LLMs are so fine-tuned that we can be able to get consensus by telecommunication and like <laughs> 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 like whenever a governance decision is being made it's just like no speaking you just tap into the a the LLM which understands you better than- That
0: super creepy but uh but it also could be like you know I could be writing a proposal and then in the middle of writing I'm like oh wait no one's supporting it because this data just came into my mind that pulled everyone else's minds and told me this is not going to fly. Okay, let's rethink it on the cup. Co- <laughs> yeah,
1: I super, super sci fi. Um, I, <laughs> I don't I'd know. Like that. i That, that is that, uh, but that is as singularity um, bending as you can get. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that DAOs do edge us towards that anyway, as Debo was saying, as we spend more time on the internet, as we have more data, um, personal data about us on the internet, as our whole interactions become more personalized and and we can create eventual digital twins of the way that we um, think and, and contextualize and communicate um, it's definitely going to improve the way that we organize and self-organize. It's going to become a lot more autonomous where, yeah, why not? Our digital twins powered by AIs could make a soft decision for us and then we could look at it afterwards and say whether we agree with it or not. Um, it's it's not um un- implausible that's what i would i would say and i guess that's what you're developing deeper with your llm
2: now i'm just trying to tune one on dao so um so that people because if you go to say the big models they have they might not have specific or detailed information on DAOs. So I want to, my goal is to train one on DAOs so people can just chat with it and learn about DAOs, you know, like it's uh, taking it to the next level. Like, uh, And also people can then build APIs on top of it, right? Like they can, uh, because it would have context about DAOs, then, uh, you know, they could uh, build things like to assist with governance and voting and st- yeah, stuff like that. So yes, you were right about that.
1: Sounds super cool. I'm definitely adding you on my notifications list on X.
2: <laughs> it's funny.
1: <laughs> we have a
0: whole, we had a whole panel of notifications set on every has it now, but that's obviously another part of, of downs that we need to fix and it's being fixed. But the idea that like Deepa mentioned, there's so many thousands, so hard to take care of all of them and to govern all of them uh that needs to be organized ai is going to be part of it of course but just also uh, helping people be aware of what's happening when and when and help people kind of set their priorities i think it's going to be pretty i think pretty easy and pretty technically doable way right now that doesn't have to be in any way sci-fi
1: so yeah i'm i'm definitely bullish on like Dow tooling finally maturing um had a good call with the guys from aragon today i really like what they're they're doing on the operating systems of DAOs. so when i talk about operating systems what are the core things that DAOs do well they create themselves uh they vote they govern um they govern code they govern treasuries they govern operation activities and what Aragon are doing is they are modularizing it by allowing you to have different plugins of different governance uh, primitives that you might want to have so just to make that a little bit clearer as I said there's different components of governance but for let's say governance over like different assets you can have different governance styles which you can plug in depending on the asset so you can potentially have uh one token one vote governance for um maybe uh code deployment but then when it comes to treasury management this plugin would only be for got have a certain level through meritocracy and so having this level of modularity on a technical level allows you to obviously have the modularity the more on the social level as well and i think but you would really really like what what they're doing um it's obviously a little bit more takes a little bit more technical knowledge initially it is a no-code solution but you still need to have a bit more technical knowledge than it takes for you to set up a snapshot um, and a, a, a stage multi-sig um but if you are serious about actually having sustainable governance and to the level of customizability to it what they're doing in is pretty pretty awesome um and yeah that's that's i, I think they are going to be a, a super leader in the dao operation or dao tool space moving forward
0: i'm trying not to make this too much of a plug for Dead that, because that's not on um but we are doing that um i would we- Let's, let's use it, I'll say it as a plug, but let's use it to kind of go in and a bigger discussion, so it's not a full plug, because
1: that, but... No, please, please do plug, this is, we're here to see how we can push DAOs forward.
0: When I initiated the idea of this talk on this, with this space, the, the very, very strong request on my end was to make it educational and really useful for everyone, and, oh yeah, grounds great, everyone's great, like, even competitors on blockchain are still friends, right, that's why I love this industry is doing whatever, we're all needed together, even when we're competing, so no shit towards every, anyone. Everyone's doing a great job, I absolutely love everyone. Just to say what we're doing, uh, and then to jump off in the broader things, um, what we came to basically is that it's not enough to just have uh, linear versus non-linear voting, which of course we have, but I think flexibility, and definitely team thinks flexibility, needs to be a lot more granular so for example, we can set different proposal types to different uh, quorum sizes, to different uh, voting lengths. If you have early voting and four votes that you do gets basically shit done and they don't have the time to wait for two weeks to pass if there's enough consensus, of the quorum is already reached in two hours, right? Versus there, you know, some proposals that might want to take half the treasury out and give it to some random dude, right? In which case, definitely want to have a higher quorum and and the full voting rights, right? So different proposal types should have different centers. even validators too, right? Like it's, it sounds a bit anti-democratic, but experience has shown us that, um, we do need to protect against civil attacks. We do need some people who are trusted community members and or experts to have kind of a second look at proposals to see, Hey, is this about to recreate tornado cash or right? given the hacker, the entire governance printing, whatever you know six figure number of tokens he did and overtaking governance that cannot happen right so maybe some types of votes you want to put in that saying they're validator voting or whatever else so i think it's really good for security perspective because i know our team's obsessed with security so i hear a lot about this uh from a security perspective you really do want to have more granular flexibility with governments again in terms of voting quorums um, validators, et cetera. Again, possibly types of voting, linear and unlinear, uh, anti-plotocratic, all those kind of things. There's a lot of different formats, a lot of different ways doing it. I'm just saying it's a good idea to have multiple ones and to go as granular as possible so you give that kind of flexibility to the teams that need
1: them. There are you? Yeah, definitely. So no, I think, modularity and flexibility is what we're going to see a lot more of and um as you said like having it granular is to a ex- certain extent going to be what is necessary if it's too granular then it just becomes too cumbersome uh for beginners wanting to jump in and this is why most people just start their dial with a snapshot and multi Signature safe wallet because it's just um, low barrier to entry. So if we can have like tools that allow you that ease of like and um, flexibility of like setting it up as uh, simply as possible, and then slowly crescendoing into more granularity, moving forward, oh, yeah. that's that's the optimum. It-
0: yeah that's the I, I tried to keep to plugging into the minimum but now i'm gonna have to go on the soapbox because this is a big one um but i'll promise that's the last plug i do today we're already only over the limit anyway uh absolutely break down barriers because i could see two huge barriers that uh that dexing solving but it's of barriers that have been driving me crazy forever so i'm happy we are because they're ridiculous the first one is of course that um most DAO creation platforms to really create a a solid DAO and to govern it you need to be somewhat technical a lot of them you really need to code, you need to take whatever framework there is and you need to modify, you need to play around with it you need to really use some skills that most of us don't have and I speak as a non-technical person who tried Aragon and others, right again, all great but uh, and then the other, so no code right, uh, there's a product called the Dexy DAO Studio that Based on the DAO protocol, built uh, an interface, right? A website, a platform, whatever you want to call it. That you don't have to code. So that's a really cool thing. It's very simple, but makes a huge difference. But the other side of that is also opportunity costs, right? Uh, I maybe sort of can afford to govern a bunch of DAOs without getting paid and spend my time that way, and even that's questionable. Uh, some you know early crypto adopters that are sitting on you know a hundred thousand whatever a good number of Bitcoin and can afford to slowly spend it, can afford to govern right free. But there's a lot of people who can. We need to feed a family, we need to feed themselves, we need to feed the community, whatever, right? So while it's definitely a noble thing and probably the right thing to focus on, on builders themselves and focus on those who want to govern, it's also important to understand that rewards are not just for speculators. The rewards are also for People who can't afford to volunteer. Um, Volunteering is wonderful. I do myself, but I think that's a huge part as well that that is being addressed that we're addressing, but that just needs to be addressed in general. You know, uh, I don't want to like throw in cliche words like diversity, and, and but but it's true, right? Uh, and I I came from a pretty poor family, and still I think it's much more well off than than a lot of the other families that can and want to contribute, that can and want to govern, and that should govern. And so focusing on really taking down all kinds of barriers, I think should be the number one priority right now, including the time barrier, right? Just make it simple, make it quick, make it help. If we want to be web two, make it Google, make it Facebook, make it, I don't fucking know, other yeah. I That
2: kind blockchain of needs to go in the back end, right? Now it's on our face. Wonderful stuff, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, and that's how uh, DAOs will actually ever go out of the Web3 space. Because uh, if it requires too much thinking, like it's just easy to then use uh, Discord and discourse and have all transparent conversations. I know you're not voting on the blockchain, but it's there, right? But if things can be made so easy, then it'll be just another plugin. You know, let's just uh, use blockchain and record our votes there or put our proposals there. Like it'll be a no brainer for those people do it as, as part of their toolkit. You know, so uh I think it can it can become that easy. Like even in Discord, like so much of our reputation is locked in Discord servers, right? We contributed and we get some Discord badges like, Oh, you are now leader or whatever. Or what if it was you know, if it if there was a bot that put those those badges on chain, you know, then you can start building uh, your identity on chain and uh you know, and it, it it's viewable, you know, like okay, you've contributed so and so in this discord so i feel like small like if somebody can engineer things like this it will make a huge difference huge difference people it'll be just people one thing it'll be just part of the toolkit of operating on the internet
0: i'm gonna have to invite someone from the dexydow studio to say hey we do all of that stuff but i don't want to plug it anymore you guys don't
1: Yeah, I feel like we're we're super early on a lot of the awesome DAO tools that are going to come. Definitely got to do a a deeper dive into Dexy. As you can imagine, there's a lot of DAO tools that get um, uh, in our current ecosystem. So it's hard to do deep dives into all of them. But if you're talking about modularity and granularity indexy and then you're also talking about the ability to develop reputation through discord then you guys are definitely ahead of the curb it'll be interesting to see what you guys do on the delegation side as well um, because right now the the leaders definitely are our tally um, they do amazing delegate ui to make it easy for you to become a delegate for you to delegate your tokens and then for delegates to vote as well. So I'm definitely gonna look into um that because obviously the, the question we're looking at today is how can we push DAOs forward? And the better the tooling, um the, the better daos can actually operate. So um I know you don't want to shill Dexie, but if Dexie actually is solving a lot of these problems, then uh it definitely needs to at least be touched on um during the spaces
0: okay i'll do one last plug but it's going to be the, the minimalist most minimalist plug ever It's just the website right so dexy.io it's the website of the studio of that product that was created on dexy protocol the protocol's website is dexy.network um, but dexy.io is where the studio is at uh it's not Live and open beta yet, as far as I know. So you could request closed access, but you could also just read the website. Since uh, I- I've read it, I-, I know the information is there. So just see for yourself. I don't want to plug it again. I, I want to uh, talk to you guys, but also it's eight twenty, so I don't know if you guys have to go. Um, up to you. Um, let's let's open it up to the most democratic uh, process we can think of. Just straight up voting, who wants to stick around, who wants to go. There's two of you here, so I'll do whatever you decide.
1: Should do rock, paper, scissors, Deepa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, if I mean, if anybody has any questions, uh, happy to take that. And then probably, yeah, another five minutes, maybe we can wrap up the space and
1: Yeah, it sounds good to me.
0: Awesome. All right. I don't see any questions. By the way, if anyone has questions, raise your hand. I'll happily hand you the mic and, and let you talk, right? Um, but in the absence of audience questions, I did prepare some myself. I can find them. Um... Okay, let's do this one. And you touched on this before, um, but it's something. So I, one of my first degrees was uh, in political science. And the first book we read, as anyone in I knows, is called The Tragedy of the Commons, right? Where people misuse common resources like lakes and other natural resources, usually. Uh, and end up basically screwing themselves over because they overuse them and then they end up being dried uh, and end up writing anymore, right? So, I read this article about a Chinese village, I think, about like 4,000 years ago that communally built this very intricate, complicated, effective, long-lasting sewage system and it did it by a lot of collaboration, right? So. With the DAOs, um, let's take a community-centric DAO, which most DAOs are, but specifically DAO certain communities trying to solve a certain specific community problem, and its community members coming together to do so. Um, what's at their disposal and what's in their way? So, kind of, uh, we are a few days away from Halloween, right? So, the trick or treat question: uh, What? What's the treat that uh, that they haven't. What's the trick? Okay, it doesn't really work. But what's what's helping them with what's in their way, uh, as as it stands now, right?
2: I think initially everybody starts off with uh, great intentions. You know, like um, uh, it's over the period of time that uh, bureaucracy and uh, other things set in. You know, or the selfish nature of the human being. So I guess. Uh, the initial drivers, like the intentions, everything is good, but money also corrupts people. You know, it's um, it creates toxicity. So I think uh, it, it's as you said. You know, it's uh, with, when it's not yours and it's part of a commons. Uh, people, it's not. Yeah, people take advantage of it, and I think that's where things start to go wrong. I hope I've answered your question.
0: I like it, but I want to hear from Nathan to so... Okay, maybe not. All right, um, can't really tell. Nathan's mic is on, but I'm not hearing anything. All right, uh, in that case, uh, there's one thing I always do, and, yeah, people you already know this, um, but. It doesn't mean we can't do it again. Uh, at the very end, I ask each guest to plug, speaking of plugs, to plug someone that they love. Um, if they have Twitter handle, great. I'll happily follow them on behalf of Dexie. But also for our listeners who are some cool people doing something cool in the blockchain world that uh, we all should be aware of and follow and um, keep an eye on. I mean, anyone in, in this
2: Web3D space?
0: Yeah, anyone, really anyone.
2: Yeah, I love uh, uh, Jack Butcher. He's an NFT artist, um, uh, and his brand is called Visualized Value. I really love what he's doing and building a community like uh, around the space, which is not around the, the speculative nature of NFT, but just around creating. You know, just he puts out this template, and it just forces people to think and crowdsource art basically and then they and you know so I, I feel this model is very different uh, obviously they don't sell themselves with how or anything but it's, it's a really tight-knit community you know and uh, um, decentralized in the sense that people from all over are there so uh, that's one person that I really admire in this space and Balaji obviously like uh, gets so much alpha from there um, and uh, he's also a big uh, advocate for the starting without treasuries and uh, without tokens. I've heard a couple of his podcasts and he talks about uh, misalignment from the very beginning. If you have a token, because people are there for the tokens, it's all about when token and when token going to the moon kind of discussions. While when you start, like even the network state, uh, you know, the they begin as decent, uh, they begin as digital societies or DAOs. You know, they, like I've studied a couple of network state DAOs, including KIF, City DAO um cabin and um uh, they're all around uh, except city though i, I not actually qualify them to be a, a network state um but this time 2021 because uh, the whole idea is that you uh you know you come around shared values you like uh, find like-mindedness uh, online and then you materialize offline and so gift and uh, cul sac and cabin they're all around values and um, and they're using uh, uh, none of them have uh, tokens per se, there is a token that uh, is um, given for contribution or for building trust, uh, you know, through different activities so that people, uh, y- you know, uh, that's the trust building for the community, but uh, otherwise, they don't have any tradable tokens. So, apologies is another person that I would suggest to follow if you're not already.
0: apology I definitely know. Um, yeah, definitely. Call. Also, I love the idea of- Dows that are building something in the real world, right? So like, cabin city down, like it's very interesting and I'm very curious to see how that develops. Uh, I mean, time will tell, but hopefully, well, uh, the idea is interesting and, and I think needed. Um, yeah, Nathan, you with us? I think it might be frozen. I think he's frozen. All right. Well, in that case, guys, it's. Oh wait, no, you're not. I just got an emoji problem. Can't hear you, man. Right now, maybe uh, kick yourself out and come back. I'll happily let you in and let you speak. Today is uh, one of those technical difficulties. there it happens. Um, So, anyway, Nathan is going to communicate the emoji now. Yeah, I will try to interpret it as a recommendation no All right, um, I guess I'm going to have to end it now but anything you can hear thank you for joining us Deepa, obviously thank you for joining us this in my memory has been the, the smoothest most flowy um, conversation about DAOs and also with some really good ideas I just, I love this so much. As you saw, I literally just sat back and listened. Uh, you guys were absolutely on the level. Such a pleasure. I think I have to invite you two together again to, to continue this because you get it. And yeah, very interesting. Oh, wait. Nathan's requesting to speak. He's back. Okay. But anyway, I'll stop saying nice things about you guys. Um, but... Um, and wait for Nathan to come back. One. There you go. Okay. Yeah, on dude.
1: You're not. Uh, no. right. would awesome. you guys hear me? Oh, there you go. Yes, now awesome. can. Uh, technical delays. Um, technical issues. Uh, we can't live without them. They remind us of how infallible ourselves and our technology is. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much, Dexie and Deepa. Super cool conversation. It's nice that there's different views and things so um, we can learn from each other as well. And yeah, more than happy to uh, be a guest or co-guest with you, Deepa, in, in the future. Looking forward to what you guys at Dexy are building. Super, super bullish.
2: yeah same here same here thank you yeah it was good to hear i I think you uh look at protocol does but i look at kids starting organizations on the internet you know and what that would look like and um yeah um because uh it's it's so natural for them right they do everything on the internet so i'm just really looking like beyond the protocol discusses and And seeing what it would be like, so it was really great to have this conversation uh, because I learned a lot too, like how the space is moving towards modular. I think that makes total sense. But at the same time, like uh, we should be conscious of not creating governments and not having the trauma, like that somehow can be solved too. Uh, I don't know how. Um, So, and still be decentralized. Uh, But the truth is that a democracy... uh, it P- can only work when people actively participate and the truth is uh, most people don't. They don't have the time, uh, you know, uh, participating in DAOs is just part time, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I don't know how we can solve it, uh, but uh, definitely I'm sure we'll find a balance somewhere.
0: Uh, now I just want to keep talking about it because <laughs> several very good points. Um, how about we do this again, maybe do a in or uh, and just do it every winter. Maybe sooner. Um, no, absolutely. It's the kids are amazing. Uh, I think the kids are gonna figure this out even faster than we can build it. To be honest, because they're just they are web native, right? Like I thought. You know, I grew up with the internet and games, but forget about it. Um, yeah, but it does need to get abstracted for sure, uh, and it definitely needs to be easy. But um, okay i I'm gonna have to end it because otherwise we're gonna keep talking forever and it's too much fun to uh to end but uh I just invite both of you guys yeah maybe even like in, in a couple of weeks because because it's fun uh and yeah I did I mean I just keep thinking how fun this was and um the only way to end it is to keep it going right so let's let's <laughs> see if we can come back and to
1: continue the conversation. Yeah, sounds good to me. Thank you so much again, guys. Okay. Enjoy Thank the you. rest of your day. And, uh... Thank you. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening nope. to Live and Recorded.
0: Next time. Bye-bye.